Blog Talk Radio. are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, welcome to the chat room, y'all. Hey, we have been gone for a minute. Feels like forever. But the ladies <laughs> of the chat are back. Hey, everybody, how y'all been? Hey, T. Hey, Lisa, girl, how you doing? Yes, indeedy. It has been a minute since the ladies have been on the air, but we're back. <laughs> yes, we we got so much going on, y'all. We got so much going on, and so we have we have to take breaks in between just to make sure that everybody has time for all of their um, projects. T is doing a ton of editing, and so your girls got to be right. Absolutely, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we're not focused on Let's Chat. We are always busy with Let's Chat, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. Lisa and I, you know, we so appreciate everybody that follows us, chat, that tunes in, and our archives, Lisa, our archives are kicking it, girl. So thank you, everybody, for you always supporting the ladies on the chat. Like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I saw that thing. too. I saw that too. I was like, oh, okay, it's jumping over here. So shout out to everybody that watches those replays, whether you um, listen to them on here on blogtalk.com, whether you're catching them on Spotify, whether you're uh, catching them on iTunes. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Absolutely. We go where you go. (laughs) Absolutely. But we have a great, great show lined up today, honey. Um, We have some great guests that are going to be on today. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're going to have Don Michelle uh, Hardy on the phone, who is a, um, not only is she a literary agent, but she is a literary consultant. And mm-hmm. so she's going to come on today 
and talk that talk with us, you know, and get get authors ready uh, mm-hmm. for the summertime. You see what I'm saying? We got to get ready for the summer summertime. And mm-hmm. so she's going to come on and give us some do's and some don'ts for Ooh, authors this that summer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's excited. Great. You know, Leash, you know, we always learn so much from our guests. And um, and that that knowledge, you know, you never know when you may need to, to, to bless somebody with. So our archives uh-huh. are so rich with so many jewels that I guess have come on and just so freely and willingly shared with us. And uh, make sure you check those archives out because it's amazing, the things that they can share that you wouldn't even think about. You know, they've been in the business. They've seen, like you said, the do's and the don'ts. And they come on in and they share it with us here on Let's Chat. So we so appreciate them for that. Absolutely. And and we love to be able to pour into authors. I mean, it's good to be able to highlight um, the great things that they do. But being mm-hmm. able to pour into them uh, is the best part. It really is. It so really she's going to come in here and talk that talk with us. She's going to talk about her next book blitz. She has so much going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited. Me too. But y'all know Leisha and I, we get up in the chat room. We act like we don't have new guests in the house, new views on us, new eyes on us. So we thank you. And just to give you a little bit of background on what we do here on Let's Chat, because, you know, we do some Indian everything up in here, but it's always all good. But we love celebrating literature. Alicia and I love the word, but not only do we love the word, we love all arts across the board, and we love it the only way we know how, and it's in the royal way, no matter what it may be. Our show allows all our guests, as well as our listening audience, our listening family, to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear why they do what they do, and we get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do. And you never know, it may strike you or, or just spark you in some kind of way just by hearing their story. So we thank our guests. We thank you for always tuning in and supporting us once again. And welcome to Let's Chat, this Wednesday edition. Yes, and y'all know we don't do Wednesday often, um, but we we did have a full week this week. We had to put some people in July because we're not uh, doing the show. Well, we are doing the show next Thursday um, because we mm-hmm. have. I want to shout out everybody that's sending us independent music um, because I had to clean up our archives for our audio clips because we have a mm-hmm. few new songs coming in. I did keep some, just some of the songs that we like, that we just play. Um, but I want to mm-hmm. just, appreci- just say thank you to everybody, and I appreciate those that send us independent music. I want to appreciate, uh, show appreciation to our guests. Uh, our musical guests, our artists, and record, the recording artists that come in, and um, the mm-hmm. producers that we speak with, and the uh, CEOs, and all of those things. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys always sharing music with us, always sharing your team with us, entrusting us with your brand. So we appreciate you for that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to give a special shout out, least to Cyrus Webb. I was able to be a yes. surprise guest on his uh, conversation live last week, and that's where one of our guests next week is coming, Cyrus Leach. He always talks us up. You know, he shows us so much support. He was talking about us uh, as I was waiting for my turn to talk with him, 
And that's how Mikey and I got to talk. And he said, you got to link up with these ladies. And um, I so appreciate him for that. And lo and behold, we have him on the show next week. So shout out to Cyrus Webb. And you're not, and yes. if you're not following him, Cyrus is doing some amazing Yes, he is. You know, yes, make sure is. you follow him. He is true to the his his craft, and he's all about got a know, new show coming. Y'all. And yes, yes, he's isn't got that a new show coming. He's he's. He, I don't know. Has he hasn't gone to Dubai yet, right? He's going to Dubai. He has a lot of things mm-hmm. going on. We're so proud of Cyrus. Um, he's we always are. he always makes time for us. Whenever we request him on the show, if he's out of town, if he's traveling, um. He'll he'll give me dates. He'll say, "Well, I can't do this time, but I can do this date, this mm-hmm. date, and this date." And I'll be like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and we love him for that. You know, that's that yes. support leash. It is so mm-hmm. important. Very important. He lets us pick pick his brain whenever we want. And so, yes, mm-hmm. we really appreciate Cyrus. But we're gonna kick off this show. We are. You know, always celebrate literature the royal way. We love to talk that talk with our fabulous guests. Today we're going to talk to three fabulous guests. Um, again, literary agent and consultant, Don, Don Michelle Hardy. She's <laughs> going to talk about summer promotion for authors. And she's going to talk about the do's and the don'ts, five things every debut author needs to know uh, and needs to do this summer to promote their book. Uh, and their mm-hmm. first book, you know, not just their first book, but their book in general, because I think promotion is something that is rotational. You're always learning how to do something different, how to do something new, how to do something fresh, because a book never, ever goes, uh, becomes outdated, because there's always somebody that has never met you and never experienced your pen, never have has spoken to you, and so you are mm-hmm. constantly always branding yourself and introducing yourself right. to new people. And so she's going to come in and talk that talk about that with us. We have author Marzi Marze Scott. We actually met her a couple of weeks ago. We got to listen to the fabulous Beverly Jenkins um, speak at the Belleville Library in Belleville, Michigan, and it was a Fabulous uh, romance authors book event that the library had put on. Absolutely fabulous. And mm-hmm. she was there, and we got to talk to her. We actually met a lot of people there that we're going to have on the show coming soon. So this her just her whole spirit is just awesome. She is just the sweetest soul. But her grind and her passion, it always it just it just flows out of her. You know, her incitement mm-hmm. for her craft and the work that she does. So I'm excited. Then we have um, author Marcus Roten. He's going to be on today talking that talk about his new book. Uh, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to have all of them on. We're going to take a brief break. Shout out to Twisted Black out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, for sending us music and allowing us to debut um, his new songs that are going to be coming out on his album, uh, which is going to mm-hmm. release July the 4th. So we appreciate you, Black, and we'll be right back. Break time. I want to send this track right here out to all the ones we lost that we always going to miss. 
a lot of people think y'all forgotten about, but as long as I got a voice, I'm going to keep it in their face. I swear. Rest in peace. My first step, my first sight, my first words, yeah. my first friend, the first sounds I first heard. Okay. We locked in, we like twins, it's me and you. you. We weren't reflection in my direction, I'm seeing too. But you were so cool and I just want to be you. Can't nobody Batman and Robin this thing like we do, I'm see-through. My gangster holy as a Hebrew. Me without you is just blue with no see do When I look back, me, you, Brains, and Gangsta Wayne used to cook crack. We done punished so many foes, them niggas. Remember that time you fought your ride? That, that was, was a good match. I was scared, but you took the fade out. Oh, you lost that. You said that you wasn't embarrassed because you fought back. And what you tell him at the end, nigga, you fought black. That was the realest shit I seen, and I caught that. That day you told Tommy something like, We ain't ducking nothing. We planted off in these streets, but I ain't really feel it. I'm timid and kind of weak, but you kept me along and even wrote me in your songs and said I would be the one that would come and write all your wrongs. Yeah. I ain't really get it, I admit it, I was green But they gave me so much time and I'm reflecting on some things okay. Now I ponder life and exactly what it means And I keep having this dream, God wants me on this team But I don't know if you can go though, okay. I think he want me solo yeah. Like we can't be together like the South Side and Como Damn. Cause I straddle the fence back and forth like a yo-yo I, I had to make a choice and you can't be the voice no more, no more. But if you go peacefully, that'll bring peace to me I had to give a piece of me to live life peaceably Damn. When you get to heaven, hug and kiss on mama be for me. Twisted had to die so that Tommy Burns could get his wings. peace. Man, I promise you will never be forgotten. Rest in peace. If you make it to heaven, no, if you not. Rest in peace. You were special in the world, gon' remember. Rest in peace. When you hit them gates, I hope they let you enter. Rest in peace. I'ma keep your name alive with the best of them. Rest in peace. I'm just glad it's gon' finally be some rest for them. peace. Pay the price and we fought us all set. Rest in peace. You fulfill your purpose here and I'm convinced. I done lost so many partners, cause we was chasing ghosts. Yeah. Just trying to fill our pockets in these streets, slanging dope shit. We ain't had no poppers, and our moms just couldn't stop us. And we meant well, but didn't know how to excel proper. They oppressed us, slid the crack in, then finessed us. Let us taste the wealth, and on the back end, arrest us. Young niggas out here with these pistols like Westers. Made the men forget that these black bitches was precious. Jim Crow, I swear that it's the truth like the wind blows. White folks think all these Negroes are simple. That's dead now. Third eye. Niggas look ahead now. Shopping for the future, pal. Catch us on the bread aisle. Our pistols got registration. We into politics. The nigga know this legislation. Had to learn it quick, but rest in peace to ones that had to die before they saw the blitz. I'ma keep mashing the gas until it's over. Rest in peace. Man, I promise you will never be forgotten. Rest in peace. If you make it to heaven, no, if you not. Rest in peace. You were special in the world, gon' remember. Rest in peace. When you hit them gates, I hope they let you enter. Rest in peace. I'ma keep your name alive with the best of them. peace. I'm just glad it's gon' finally be some rest for them. peace. Pay the price and we fought us all set. Rest in peace. You fulfill your purpose here and I'm convinced. They got us scared to even let our kids drive Cause the cops are killing them dead Never even go to trial For we teach them read and write We gotta teach them to survive so On the news, nobody's moved They've been desensitized So I teach mine Keep that iron right next to your peace yeah, You in, in the right, right to win fight Every blue eye and bleach blood Trayvon and Sandra Mike Brown for Landra Thanks be to God Cause y'all the ones that wrote the manual Salute to Michael Johnson Eric Gardner and Constance Lost too many soldiers Now 
not to have a guilty conscience And I promise, before I surrender, I bust back with llamas So I'm staying off the grid to try to rid myself of problems yes, sir, Black man, look inside your chest like a CAT scan You, you can turn it around and you know it's really black hand God been so good to me, I never show my back in And I ain't perfect, I just ain't him from back Rest then Rest in peace, man, I promise you will never be forgotten Rest in peace, if you make it to heaven, no, if you not Rest in peace, you were special in the world, gonna remember Rest in peace, when you hit them gates, I hope they let you enter Rest in peace, I'ma keep your name alive with the best of them Rest in peace, I'm just glad it's gonna finally be some rest for them Rest in peace, pay the price and we bought us all set Rest in peace, you fulfill your purpose here and I'm convinced Thank you. 
Uh, running up the check, running up the check. Yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck. Yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat. Yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Faking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carrots, you a motherfucker, now pay attention. Uh-huh. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get paid, dug into my last time. Right. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I freeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cool Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run the top It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a break Running up the check, running up the check yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit First off, you don't know who you fucking with right. That nigga KJ here bust quick Better watch what you say when you run your lips He's crazy in the range, you don't give a uh-huh. shit Pop pills, that boy is so That's ill right. Disrespecting, you get killed Slip in my device for the DC Slap to the bitches, I will sleep hype, yeah You don't want it with the kid from Jersey Better pray to the Lord for some mercy uh-huh. Cause when I come, I come with fire Stop putting on your rap shoe lighter uh-huh. You ain't never do a bitch, you a bitch, nigga You be lying in your rap, you ain't rich, nigga uh-huh. You don't want no war with the kid, nigga uh-huh. I run up in your motherfucking crib, nigga I kill you, kill you, kill you And leave no witnesses no. And write a book about uh-huh. it Like OJ Simpson did uh-huh. I'm a Savage nigga, uh-huh. I am out of my mind right. I'll hunt you down if you got diamonds in your I'm on my grind nigga, so don't you waste my time And if you disrespect the king, you know you cross the line I see you haters nigga, I hear you haters talking You gonna end up six feet deep in the fucking coffin I'm about my paper, I'm about my thriller, I'm counting figures I seen the cross in your eyes, that's why you switch nigga Oh you a bitch nigga, I'm counting chips nigga You keep on chasing ass, I'm getting rich nigga Running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat, yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I'm not born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit, hey. Alright, alright, alright! Yeah! Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know, I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Hey, T. Hey, Alicia, girl. Boy, I was just sitting here listening to the still music. Alicia, we really have some good music in our library. You know, you we just got play more. some hits back to back. Yes, we got more, we got more, we got more. We got um, 
Well, Mickey J, he he sent us some music. He'll be in here next week. Blue Marley mm-hmm. is back with some new music, so he sent us some music uh, that we're gonna play next week. So I'm excited. I love it when they, you know, hit me up and be like Leisha, and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> We can make that happen. But, you know, Leash, we have our favorites. I'm glad you left our favorites. Xavier Lewis, he is on the top of our favorite list. So, you know, anytime we hear some, some Georgia Clay, I just I just get in some kind of way. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that song. I love that song. He has a, a new video for it, if I'm not mistaken. I saw it on Instagram. Um, he officially uh-huh. is on his music thing uh, full-time. So shout-out to Xavier Lewis. Um, and we want to say happy birthday. Happy birthday to the original panty dropper, the legend, Elder Barge. <laughs> it's his birthday today. <laughs> so we want to wish him a Absolutely. happy, happy birthday. Yes, I always, you know, Miss Bunny, who is Bunny the Barge. I call her Miss Bunny, but uh, she does lives all the time on social media. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> her commentary, I mean, she is hilarious. Um, but I love her, love her, love her. She actually is doing a show, I want to say, this weekend um, with Chico DeBarge. And I want to say mm-hmm. it is in Flint. I'm pro- I'm going to post the, ah. uh, it's a festival. I'm going to post the information. Mm-hmm. It's either Flint or it's Lanny. I'll post the information mm-hmm. for those in the Michigan area so that you can go and just support and listen to that old music. See, they're going to play uh Oat music, their their music together, bars music, so it's gonna be awesome, awesome show. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for her. Absolutely. And I love and, and I got a chance to uh interview uh Miss Bunny. I can't remember if it was on our show or our other show, we were on radio. She was just so down to earth leash. And that's one interview I have I hold to my heart because it was it was very memorable and, and so much fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm excited. Excited. We're waiting for uh, Marcus to roll into the chat room. So excited for him today um, to talk about his book, to talk that talk about literature. You know, y'all know that's what we enjoy to do uh, here in the chat room. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, Liz, you know, in between my editing jobs, um, I do get to uh, do a little dabbling in that thing called reading. <laughs> so. I was in between jobs, and I think I told you last time that we had spoken up that I had started Peter Mac's new book. So as my editing jobs come in, I have to put it down because, you know, these are paying clients, and they're not paying me to read. (laughs) At least not someone else's work. Other people's work. Exactly. (laughs) So I just want to say, Leash, you know, and our last show kind of stayed with me as I was reading. Peter really has an awesome pen leash. I mean, he yes. makes you feel the dew on the grass. He makes you see the clouds move in the sky. That is how powerful his pen is, and I just so appreciate it. I, not a, and I'm only like a third of the way in, and I'm already feeling some kind of way. He really has a way of putting words together and making you feel mm-hmm. them. And that's one of the things that we stress here on the show Show and not just tell. You may you want to bring that reader into your story. You want them to walk the pages and walk the words as you write them. And that's just the 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 beauty of a true artist knowing his craft. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. 
I think that is so very true. One thing about Peter is he has such a dynamic pen. Uh, he has a mm-hmm. universal pen. He can take you to the hood. He can bring you out the hood. He can take you to the boardroom. Oh, yeah. And it's the best part of him being able to 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 share his craft with us. Um, right. The one thing I love about being a reader is I love to be able to use my senses when I'm reading. Like I want to feel right. the character. I want to see the character. I want to I want to touch them in my mind because you know, most of the time, if you have a woman's mind, you have everything. Like you have control of all of her senses. And so mm-hmm. as a reader, if you have that pen, you can have a reader's mind and you will have all of their senses. That means that if you put it together right, they can smell the, the, the dinner on the table. They can mm-hmm. feel the dew on the flowers. They can they can touch the grass and feel how sharp it is. They can they can do all of those things. You know, they can touch, they can feel, they can taste. All of those things when your when your character exactly. is up, they're up. Um, and y'all know, T and I love a good sex scene. You know our motto: if it's gonna be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, please send them to Starbucks for some coffee and conversation. <laughs> we don't have time for that. You know, but there's one thing about Peter Max Penn is he can bring you multiple genres. He can bring you multiple yes. genres in one book. And so that's the best mm-hmm. part about that. We appreciate Peter. Um, he always supports us. We will always support him. We got Absolutely. our first guest in the chat room, the fabulous Marcus Roten. Hey. How you doing, ladies? Good, good, good to finally meet you. How you doing today, oh, ladies? How y'all doing? We are, we are good. We are good. Welcome to the chat room tonight. We couldn't be here with no deep voice. Some, some hello, ladies. How you doing? Look at you. No, that's my that's my actual voice. It is very uh-huh. it is very uh-huh. baritone. That's my actual see, he voice. came in here. He trying to finesse us. See, you see how he came in here like that? Hey, y'all, yeah, how y'all making y'all? us mm-hmm. making us sit up straight and cross our legs. <laughs> <laughs> y'all too much, man. No, but it, it is it is my actual voice. Long story. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll nobody end of this interview. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all are a mess. Y'all are a mess. We appreciate you for coming and kicking with us. You got to let everybody know who who is not aware of your fabulous pen. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Okay. Um, My name is Marcus Roden. Um, A little bit about me. I wrote my first book in 2012, um, The Teflon Diaries. Didn't do that well because I didn't know about the business like I know now. But I consider myself a vet in the game now. And if you don't have it, please go pick up my latest novel, Diamonds and Plastic. You're going to love it. Uh, I am 41 years old, a native of the Windy City. Anything else you want to know? Well, tell us about your newest book. Well, Diamonds and Plastic was, was, there's an interesting story behind that. Um, Mm -hmm. I wrote it at a very traumatic time in my life. It, It just came out in February, but I was going through a lot of, Legally and personally, um, the the story is actually uh, loosely based on a situation. Um, at the end of 2015, I had a family member steal my identity, and he racked mm-hmm. up a whole bunch of charges. Yeah, he racked up a whole bunch of charges, and I actually had, I actually had to go to federal court to fight him. I was looking at federal federal time for uh, bank fraud and credit card theft or something I didn't even do because I had um. 
I, I used to be a barber, so I paid everything in cash. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't no need for me to have no credit card. And my, my family members stole everything. I had A1 credit before this. But anyway, the point, the point of the story is, is that it, it's really not about, uh, once you read the book, it's really not about the actual theft of credit cards and the credit card rate. I wanted to, I have five female characters who run uh, a, a crime consortium in my hometown of Chicago. And I really want people to get the, get the point that these are strong women. A lot of times in urban fiction, women are painted as uh, strippers and side chicks and all that. Well, for lack of a better term, the women, the women in my book and, and the next one, which I'm currently working on, are, are five boss women. They run everything. They party like men, but they understand that the streets are still a male-dominated world, so they have to work twice as hard to get half as fuck. And that's the point of the book that I want that I want uh, people to, when you read it, I, that's what I want you to understand, that the streets are still a, dom, a male-dominated world, and they got to work twice as hard to get half as fuck. Mm. Well, okay. Wow, now, yeah. I know, right? I just want to say, this is Tony, um, Mr. Rowan, why choose five women when you already saying that the streets are run by males? What, what's your well, reason see, behind that? See, <laughs> it, was, it was something different. I mean, you got, you got to look at it. My, I, I learned a long time ago, my dad used to say this. He used to say, every man has the same weakness. You all know what that is. Regardless uh-huh. of whether you, we all got, all men have the same weakness. It's just that these women learn how to exploit that for monetary gain. Because no matter how tough you are or how gangster you are, if a pretty woman puts it in your face enough times, you're going to take it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In the words of the fabulous Nene Capri, that pussy trap, they get caught up in right. it all the time. Caesar did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mark Anthony, I'm just I mean, saying. We've taken down yeah. nations, ladies. Right, but that's, what, but, that's, <laughs> but that's my entire point. It happens in, mm-hmm. it happens in politics. It happens in the Bible. I mean, you can look at David, right. Solomon, you know, Samson, all of it was the same thing. But what I really wanted to do was I wanted to take, I wanted to take five women who each brought something different and 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 just and 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 they bossed it, you know what I'm saying? They each you have um you have uh let me make sure I got all the characters there. You have Tonya Wells who is the head of the commission. Um she she's the boss so she runs everything. But she is she's a defense attorney and now she's running for city council. Her job in the series of books is basically she wants to run the commission uh from city council and, and not expose them to a whole bunch of bullets and trials and stuff like that. But the problem with the girls is they like the wild lifestyle. And you have, mm-hmm. you have in the second book, which, I'm, which is about a third of the way done, um, which is called Liquid Assets, the Commission Book 2, it, it, you have Sedavia Blair, who, once you read the book, she's the money launderer. She's the stockbroker of the money. She takes all the money from the commission and cleans it up and puts it back in the street through legitimate businesses. Then you have... Uh-huh. Faith. Then you have Faith, who is um, the dope girl of the bunch. She don't want to do nothing else but sell dope. And, and the title of her book is, and the title of her book is a street girl named Chocolate. So then you have you have Kelly, and then you have um, Brooklyn, who is kind of the patsy in the first book, which is the one I'm, which is Diamonds of Plastic. Kelly was brought in by Tarina as as a 21-year-old to run the credit card and identity theft ring. Of course, the other girls don't like it because they have a bond of no no new friends, no new faces. But anyway, she's brought into, once she, she's brought into 
into the into the commission as the protege to basically take over the day to day operations. And she's one of these trust fund kids who doesn't have to be in the streets, but she chooses to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you know, a lot of people like that. They don't they they come from good homes, but they're enamored by the street life. And so, throughout throughout the book, you see Brooklyn making mistakes, and the book takes over uh, takes place over a week's time. Basically, it's a week before the Chicago general election when when Tony Wells decides to bring Brooklyn in and 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 have her run the credit card ring because she doesn't trust the the other girls to do it because they want to be out front too much. And, and Tarina's kind of like, you know, we're getting older, we got to play the shadows, you know what I'm saying, quit buying all this flashy crap, you know. And so there's a constant conflict between them and the, and the other four, her and the other four girls throughout the book. Like, you know, we you know, we getting too old, we dodging bullets and all this other stuff, but they don't seem to see that. I mean, I know this book is about women, but you got men that don't see it either. You know, right. you got men in that street life that don't see it either. You know, and a lot of times right. it takes people to force it takes people to be forced to sit down um before they understand that. You know, and if you think about it, life is full of choices. I mean, we have basically right. mm-hmm. free will. And everything that happens to you is based on a choice you made, whether it's a good choice or a bad choice. But it, everything right. that happens to you is based on a choice. And a lot of times people think that when things happen that are bad, it's a bad thing. Not necessarily. When you're transitioning, change has to happen. Change is part of life. Right. Um, but depending on the choices what, that you've made, you make that change right. easier. Well, really, I wanted to get across the point. You get to point in your life um, where you can't hang with everybody. And it's like a buddy of mine told me this years ago when I started writing. He said, he said, he said, Marcus, you get to the point in your life where you get too much, uh, you have too much to lose, so you can't be doing the same stuff you used to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it, it was true, and I wanted that to come across in the book because people would always tell me when I was in the street, like, look, man, you can't do this forever. You got a gift, you got a talent, blah, blah, blah. Of course, when you're young and hard headed, you don't want to listen. You know what I'm saying? But what I always tell people nowadays, writing saved my life. It really did. That's why I take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Wow. Yeah, really well, we appreciate Absolutely. We appreciate you coming to talk that talk with us, you know, because we love to be able to uh, allow our our listeners to experience authors, um, to experience their pen, to experience their passion for what they do. What is where does the passion for the books that you write? Where does that passion come from? What is the fuel? Just just life and wanting to reach wanting to reach younger people so they don't make the same mistakes I do. Um, a little bit a little bit more about me. I grew up in I grew up in the foster care system, so instability was part mm-hmm. of my life until I was like until honestly I was like thirty years old. And and you get to a point where. When you grow up in foster care, all you know is survival, you know what I'm saying? Because you're moving around every few months, you feel me? And so uh-huh. you, don't really, you don't really establish a bond with them. And um, what happens is as you get older, you're kind of like, you know, I can't be the angry black man for the rest of my life, you feel me? Um, uh-huh. and, and you just get the point. And so my passion is just wanting, you know, 
just wanting um wanting better for the next generation. And so through my books and hopefully public speaking one day, I can share the things that I've been through so that they don't make the same mistakes. You can't save everybody. But if I can just get through the one or two kids, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, this is Tony. Um, you know, Lisa and I, we love hearing the, the whys and the hows of our guests. And one of the things we love to know is what made you fall in love with literature, you know, being that you come through the, the uh, foster care system and, and that sense of survival. How did writing play a part, and what made you fall in love with writing? Well, I mean, again, um, uh, I also have a disability in sickle cell anemia, so it was hard to have friends as a kid. So I really started, I really started playing with a pen and a pad while while growing up in group homes. Um, when I I got adopted at seventeen, um, my my adopted mother used to tell me, "You got such an imagination that, that you're gonna be a writer one day." But what made me seriously fall in love with it was honestly lack of options. I got tired of being in the street, and I was just like, you know what, I'm getting older. And I ended up, I ended up going back to going back to college at 29, getting two degrees. And I noticed when, when what college really allowed me to do was to go to go and see the other, see successful black people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. growing up in growing up, in, I mean, growing up in Chicago, particularly the way it is now, it being so violent, you didn't see it like that. Only ones that was getting money. Um, it was dudes are selling dope, but you're trying to play ball. I could do neither, so I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of options. So I ended up messing around the streets for years, one foot in, one foot out. And and when I really got when I when I really sat down and I started hanging out with people with goals, it changed my mindset. And 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 my, one of my fraternity brothers asked me like, "What do you good at?" I said, "Well, the only thing besides you know hustling is is I'm pretty decent with a pen." And so I started ghostwriting for rappers and. You know, that goes sometimes and didn't get paid. But I really had a, I had a love for literature since I was 11, but I really didn't take it seriously until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where, and when I decided, when I decided I'm going to do this for a living either one way or another, um, mm-hmm. had some hardships, had some bad deals, but I'm not going to give up on my dream. Uh, I finally feel like this is part of what God is told me to do so um it's just part of it but it's a big part of it so i take it very seriously that's why i'm doing these radio shows and, and promoting as much as i can because i know that what i have to say is important because there's there's there could be a 15 year old kid that could be in my situation right now and nobody knows it because you can't really talk to them. and when right. i and I, I still i still say to this day you know it's easier for me as a disabled man and with what i deal with with sickle cell also to, to talk to the characters in my head and actual people. That's not necessarily a good thing all the time, but but mm-hmm. but but dealing with what I deal with physically and emotionally, you're you're a natural introvert. You know what I mean? And right. so it, it's just it's just hard to really make friends. So when I write my characters, um, they're they're extensions of people I know. Like the, all the girls in this book are women that I know. You know what I'm saying? And through the process mm-hmm. of the book, I was writing, and I said, okay. I called each one of them and said, well, I'm writing my, I'm writing my, my next novel, and um, and can I use your, can I use some of your life story in the book? And they was like, yeah, yeah. And so each, each one of the characters is, is someone that I know. And I'm really excited for the next two books in the series because um, 
me and me and the third character Faith have a have a personal relationship. She's my she's my childhood friend of thirty years, and um, mm-hmm. it's based on my childhood friend of thirty years. The only friend I had going in and out of foster care with me. So I I called her about a year ago and I said, well, you know, hey, chocolate. Here's what the book is going to be called: Street Girl and Chocolate. She has a pretty dark skin. And so I said, call me, kid. And so I said, um, I said to her one day, I said, uh, um, when I when I write this third book, can I use your likeness? And she said, yes. She said, why do you want to use my likeness? I said, well, I'm going to tell my life story and our friendship through, through the eyes of the book. So a, a little bit of the friendship is mentioned in Diamond, Diamonds and Plastic. Um, my, the, the male character, the, the, one of the lead male characters in the book is named Derek, which is based on me. And you see this dichotomy between Derek and Faith. Um, you know, they kind of run into each other after years, and they, and they still have that great friendship. But now she's a single mother with two kids, and and Derek Derek has a torch for her, but right now she ain't paying him no no kind of attention. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. in order in in order to in order to satisfy the, the urge, he goes off and he messes with other women, knowing that he's in love with her. And he really don't want to be with anybody else. But sometimes we do that when y'all don't want us. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Put, <laughs> so you see that little dig. <laughs> Right. I'm just being, nah. I'm being real. Don't be blaming it on we that. We missing free, it. <laughs> you missed it where it said, I said free will. See, this is the thing. <laughs> when a man wants you, you're not going to be confused. You're not going to guess. And none of that is going to happen. When he wants you, he's going to come and get you and let it be known. So maybe you dropped the ball somewhere, but you made a choice to go and do what you did. Don't blame that on her. That ain't her fault. That's your fault. No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just no. Let me finish. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that it, it, I've told I, um, my character has <laughs> told it tells her how he feels from jump, and yes, I have told her how I felt. Now we working stuff out, and you know she. But what I'm saying is, is that like, when you look at the book, it's 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 at the point where she's still stonewalling him. You know what I mean? Like, no, we just friends. Yada yada, this that and the other. So that's why he dare go off and do what he do. It's not that he don't love her, but if you keep saying no to a man, we like you, at some point we're going to get tired of it. So, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you keep saying no, I'm not going to keep making a, a, you know, beating my head against a brick wall. And that, and that's and that's, and that's that's at the beginning stages of him saying to her, hey, look, I like you. We've been friends since we were kids. Let's, let's do this. But she's like, nah, you know what I'm saying? My my man is in jail, and I, I need to focus on my kids. I don't think you know because we were friends and this, that, and the other. So, but through the next couple of books, you'll see the evolution of their relationship. You know what I'm saying? So, um, okay. but, mm-hmm. but when I, <laughs> I got to all kind of hard time. Huh? We listen. Christian girl, but due to some 
due to her getting kicked off the police force, now she's in the streets because all she knows how to do is handle a pistol real well. So she can't go work no regular nine to five. But she's a she's a woman of faith, and she knows. And when she reads the book, she knows that what they're doing is wrong. But at the same time, she's addicted to the money. You know what I'm saying? Doing what mm-hmm. they're doing. And so she's sitting there. And so she's like, she's her and um, Sadavia Blair, who's the money launderer, are best friends. And Kelly's her Kelly's her bodyguard. So her and Kelly are constantly going back Look, and forth. I'm gonna have to. I'm cutting you off. Why? Because your book is 64 pages, Marcus. You're gonna end up telling the whole entire story. What they gonna go back if you tell it all, man? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I know, right? <laughs> Because like, I'm following I'm like, okay. Story. We got a whole audio book going on. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm really serious. I'm just playing. <laughs> I, 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 we, I want them, we want them to go out and buy the book so they can know what happened. Absolutely. We want, you I'm gotta, sorry. Once I, you got to give I apologize. Once I get to talking, man, I'm, I'm really proud of this project. So it's like uh, um, it's, it's something that that when I when I sat down and started the writing, I was like, man, I need to do something different. So it was like one of those things um, where where I, I wanted to make sure that when you read it, it leaves an impact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. and so due to the fact that I had to cut a lot of it out and rework a lot of stuff just because I'm on a budget, um, mm-hmm. and editors and stuff are expensive. That's why it's so short. But I got my finances together, so the next book will be. Next week, this will be a little bit longer, so mm-hmm. um, so you'll get more in depth into the series since I since I can't give any more of it away because y'all <laughs> jumping on jumping on me, whatever. But uh, no, we just but, we want you to leave them wanting more. That's the whole point of the But that's the thing, though. You have to you got to be able to give just enough, just enough to to just tap the tip of their tongue to just be able to oh. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Well, tell me more. Then you like, no, it's on Amazon. Now they like they gotta go buy it because you've already, um, you've yeah. aroused them. What's the appetite? You aroused mm-hmm. their mind as far as your pen, their curiosity about the content in your book, and it's it's relatable. So it's gonna resonate with a lot of people because a lot mm-hmm. of relationships are like that. And so I'm glad that you wrote about that. So you know, here on Let's Chat, well, I don't know if you know, but now you know now. We like to do a little something <laughs> fun because, you know, okay. we like to have fun with our guests. And well, we like to be able to um, just allow them to share um, their skills. So we like to do what we call a live excerpt. And it's just a little exercise that allows um, the listeners to get a little taste of the author and what they can expect. So okay. this is how it's going to go. T is going to give you two props. Uh, you're going to take those props, and you're going to put them into a live excerpt of your choice, genre of your choice, scene of your choice. You can create a new scene. You can take a scene out the book. As long as you have those two props, you can move it any way you want. All of right? Course. I got All right, I'm ready. Hey, okay, that's <laughs> I know, right? We're going to do it into the nitty-gritty now. But first of all, Marcus, thank you so much for joining Alicia and I here on this chat tonight, you know, sharing your precious time with us as well as our listening audience. We appreciate you for that. But just to prop tonight for your live expert, 
are going to be some red thigh-high boots and a stun gun. And we want you to leave our listening audience just one more from your pen. Okay. Red thigh-high boots and a stun gun. So now you're messing with Mm -hmm. my emotions, but let me see if I can get this. That's the whole point. It exactly. is Sundress season now, so <laughs> let me give me a second. It's, it's Sundress season now. All right, here we go. Let's see if I got, I got, I got one for you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Derek slowly parked his new Range Rover at the end of the block. He knew that he was taking a chance going up to face face condo like this, but he couldn't help it. They had been friends for over thirty years. And he felt like he was trying to take their relationship to the next level. Little did he know that she wasn't home. But the the late spring rain had covered the city of Chicago, so it was a hot and humid night. Derek sat in front of Derek sat in front of his uh, sat on the grill of his Range Rover for about twenty minutes. He saw Faith coming up the street. She was with a she was with a gentleman. This, of course, quickly enraged, quickly enraged Derek. They saw Derek out the corner of her eye and knew that it was, a, it was going to be a problem. So he quickly sent a gentleman caller away. Derek couldn't help but notice that even though the, the, the day in the streets had, a world, had started to wear on her, she was still the most beautiful thing in the world. Her red thigh-high boots and sundress only accentuated her, her deep, dark chocolate skin. And even though she's probably mad at Derek, she was mad at Derek for showing up unannounced, she couldn't help but crack a sly smile as the sly 5'11 gentleman um, walked towards her. Who was that, he asked. Just a friend, she snapped. Friend, huh? I've been sitting here for 20 minutes. I didn't know you was coming to snap back. You know you don't come over to my house right now. I can't just show up and see a friend? Derek, you know you want more than a friendship with me, and I'm not, I'm not in the mood to be just another side piece. I got to move on with my life. I need a man in my life that's ready to be a father and stability. Stability? Girl, you sound dope. You're talking about stability. What I do doesn't matter. My kids are never anywhere near the lifestyle. They are stupid. I guess you can come up. I don't want to make a scene in front of my neighbors. So they slowly take the elevator to her third floor condo. Derek had been here many times before, but tonight somehow it seemed different. He slowly walked into the plush condo with red and white motifs all over the house. Girl, you got anything to drink? You ain't staying that long. Stop playing with me, Faith. You got anything to drink? I think it's a Moscato in the fridge. Derek walks over to the fridge, calmly grabs a bottle of Moscato, and pours in a glass. What do you want, Derek? I've had a long day. What do I want? You. 
Hey, you came all the way over to tell me what you wanted me. Well, girl, what do you want me to do, text it to you? I'm sick of us playing games. Games? You got half the south side of Chicago chasing you. I don't want them. I want you. Yeah, yeah you're not ready to be. How are you going to tell me what I'm ready for? I watched you date clown after clown. I waited, I waited for you to get divorced. And then you've been divorced six months and you already dating somebody else? They stood in silence. She knew she had feelings for Derek, but she, she was fighting. Why are you fighting how you feel for me? Yes. I'm afraid you may break my heart. You tell them you're going to drop all the other women you deal with, including Corey, for me? She gone. I'm about to cut you off because you're just telling on yourself. See, we told you we knew it was a reason why she <laughs> <laughs> was curving you. Didn't we say that, T? We said free will and the choices that you made. Because, see, you know, you were just telling all your business, and now we know why. We got you. We, 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 we uh-huh. We told you it was wow. something you was doing. You was like, no, I ain't do nothing. Yes, you did. <laughs> he told on himself, Lee. Right. In a he two told on himself. You busted. We you gave just you told on yourself. <laughs> I gave you two props, and you done gave us your story. <laughs> wow. Everything you told us. I didn't do nothing. Uh-huh. Well, when you know, I'm telling her I want her, and then she didn't. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. it's about what you were showing her. And that's why you got curved, because you were showing her something else. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. I just, <laughs> With I that early spring rain falling down. Uh-huh. <laughs> we ain't, you ain't I fooling us. It. See, I told you he came in here with that old deep voice trying to finesse us, T. Uh-huh. I plead <laughs> the fifth, ladies. I plead the fifth. We I'm so a change appreciate man. you. I'm a change we man. appreciate you sharing your story. <laughs> but yeah, you don't got much because you see, we was listening. We was listening, but you know, That's women right. don't forget. So we remembered the conversation we had before you went with to the uh, excerpt, and so now we done put it all together. You know, we ain't have to do no <laughs> detective work. You just put it right there in front of us. Boom, boom, here it is. So. <laughs> I know, right? And those those two props just came out of thin air, but they worked. They worked, Lee. They worked, girl. See how that worked? See how that worked? They be singing. Y'all, y'all terrible, man. Y'all, y'all terrible. I swear y'all foul. We good at what we do. We just good at what we do. I see. Absolutely. I see. She going to need you to go and apologize to her. Absolutely. Trying to make it seem like she was curving you from no reason. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm giving you the side eye right now. I know you are. All the way from Atlanta. I know you are. Oh, Terrible. We want you to shout out all of your social media, any events you have coming up, and where everybody yeah. can get your books. Well, my social media is, um, you can follow me on Facebook, Marcus Roden. I'm actually working on my author page, but I just haven't got around to it. This will just send me a friend request on Facebook. I got you. My um, Instagram is Teflon211 at Instagram.com. Um, you can find my book at Amazon.com as well as 
as of yesterday, BarnesandNoble.com. You can find you can find nice. it there. Um, man, I'm just working, man. I'm trying to uh, hit hit some of these book festivals, but I will let y'all know when I when I get something concrete. Uh, I just got a lot of I just got a new job, so I've been working a lot of hours. Um, so I haven't been able to travel as much as I would like to promote. So that's why shows like this are so important, um, man. But if if not, if if definitely if if not this year, definitely next year because I have the third book finished. So I have at least two books I can I can promote. But I'm I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to really getting out there and um getting my face with the readers, especially after what y'all just did to me. <laughs> what did we do? Y'all is just something else. I we just, didn't do man. anything. Okay. We okay. just chose see, we chose to listen and then you chose mm-hmm. to steal it. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. chose just, to be like, uh huh. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, well let me we, this well. I take ownership of it, man, but that, that's 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 where my heart lies. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It does. It lies with her, okay. and she knows it. So, um, as long as she knows man. it. Well, we appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I am like and you are welcome in the chat man. room anytime. When your next book drops, will, make sure you let us know. And once yeah, you I post uh, your events, make sure you share it as well so we can share it with everybody. I will, I will be back very soon, ladies. I'm aiming for an October release date with the third book, uh, with the second book, Diamonds and Plastic, Liquid Assets, the second book. I'm aiming for an October release date. So um, when I'm not at work, it just takes up all my time. I'm trying to strike what the iron is hot. But I will see you ladies soon. Thank you again very much. <laughs> Even though y'all was being shady just a second ago. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, ladies, <laughs> very much. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Leach, we, Leach, we ain't never been called shady, girl. <laughs> right, that's whatever. a new thing. That's a new thing. <laughs> appreciate you. We appreciate you. Know, you know, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Don't be a don't be a keyboard gangster and, and go out to me on social media. You know, I'm just, I'm oh, just no, that's not us. That's not us. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. So I, we ain't got time for that. Anybody got time for that? I know. I'm just. Well, we I'm messing with y'all, but, just, but I, I really had a great time, man, and I'll see you soon. All right, so y'all All take right. care now. All Thanks right. again. <laughs> that was funny. We got to have a little fun. We got to admit, I mean, he, he stepped in it. I mean, he stepped in it. I just, you know, he opened the door, and he walked in, and he stepped in it, and that was that was what happened. <laughs> That's it. He walked in, we served our d'oeuvres, and he ate. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, it ain't our fault. <laughs> we appreciate that. This is I'm Miss Lisa. You know, I got my right hand, and most of the time, she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We just got finished talking that talk with the fabulous author, Marcus Rutan. If you just missed his interview, no worries. You can head over to our archives and check it out there at blogtalk.com. You can actually also check us out on iTunes and Spotify. Now we got our next fabulous guest in. We love it when she comes in here because she always drops jewels after jewels. She is literary agent and literary consultant, Don Michelle Hardy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, ladies. How's it going? We are good. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Oh yeah, no problem, no problem. It's been a busy, it's been a busy day. I'm preparing to head to Atlanta for like two different events happening in the same weekend. So I've been running around, but I'm so glad to take some time to talk with you guys. Absolutely, and you have tons to talk about, so we're going to talk that talk. you got five things every debut author needs to do for this summer to promote their books, but you also have, um, I want you to talk about the two events, because you did an event today, right? Uh, the Black Girls uh, Must Die, um, that was today, right? No, that wasn't today. Well, we have, we've been doing... Um, a social a social media blitz. So that's actually one of the um, the things that I just kind of would just talk to authors about. But I'm really excited about a project. It's called Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen. She is um, an Harvard, a Harvard educated uh, businesswoman who lives in LA. And her and I have been working together for a few months. Her book is doing really well. She just surpassed the 75 reviews um, on Amazon. Her book is sold in Mahogany. Powell Books in um, Portland, Oregon, and also Kara's Books in um, in Atlanta. The amazing thing about those three bookstores is that they all found the book without us reaching out to them. So mm-hmm. I would tell authors, you know, when when you have a good title, good cover graphics that match mainstream and the aesthetics of what bookstores want to put on their shelves, all three of those bookstores, Kara's, Mahogany, and Powell, they all are carrying her book in their brick-and-mortar stores, and neither her nor I reached out to them before they did so. So they did their own research and said, you know what, what's selling? What do we need to have on our shelves? And they made the decision to say, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen needs to be in our bookstore. Um, so that's, you know, that's really, like, an exciting thing, and that's really what I want to talk to authors about, um, just, just how to put your product out there properly so that you get the level of love that, that you're looking for. Um, you know, this weekend I'm going to be going to Atlanta for Black Writers Weekend, so shout out to all the urban legends that are going to be honored. You guys know uh, that I got my start working with urban fiction authors, uh, Terry Woods and Shannon Holmes, so um, I adore Me. the genre of urban fiction, and I'm really excited to go and support my colleagues, um, you know, this, this summer for this event. I love it. I love it. So let's talk that talk. We're going to get into it because we know you are busy. Let's talk about these. Let's put it on them, these jewels, these five things, every author. And I'm going to say every author because um, authors are, like, reoccurring. You're always Mm -hmm. rebranding yourself. You're always reintroducing yourself. Your books really never get old. They never become outdated because there's always somebody, a generation somebody that has not experienced your pen, experienced your book. So you're always constantly reinventing yourself. So we're going to do the yeah. five uh, things every author needs to know um, when promoting their book, especially in the summertime. Yes, yes. Um, so I'll start with the, the cost-effective things. Uh, years ago I did a podcast called uh, Manuscript Wishlist, and my show topic was called uh, – Publishing and promoting in your pajamas, because it was basically like, what can authors do um, where they don't have to pay a lot of money, or they may not necessarily even need to get out of their pajamas. You know, you don't even have to get dressed for the day, and you can still get these things accomplished. So the number one thing, the most cost-effective, and probably the most popular, but just authors I feel aren't using it correctly, is, is social media. Over the last two months, I have released uh, two YA novels, 
um, a fantasy novel, a travel novel, as well as a contemporary African-American women's fiction novel, all um, using Instagram. Instagram specifically. Now, I know that there's other social media outlets out there, but specifically using Instagram. So we have launched cover releases. We've uh, basically had blitzes. So a lot of people may not know this, but there's a hashtag on Instagram called Bookstagram. And there's also a hashtag called Black Bookstagram. I basically leverage the relationships. If you go and look at that hashtag, people that are using that hashtag, when you go to their Instagram page, more than half of their content is about books. So what that tells me is that these are people who actually like to read books. You don't have to sell them Mm -hmm. on it. They're not competing with sports. You don't have to compete with beauty and fashion. They're not competing with music and news. Half of their Instagram content is centered around books. So at that point in time, it's like, okay, well, what kind of books are they interested in? So you can actually, most people's Instagram page, even if they don't have an email tab, they do have um, if you're following them, then you have a chance to send them a direct message, um, which means that you have access to them. The best way to basically break a book, and I believe that all authors should do this, is start with the things that don't cost much other than just you spending your time. So reach out to people who you see love to read books on social media. And, again, I'm saying specifically Instagram because it's visual. And connect with them and pitch your book directly to them because at minimum, or what you have to send them is a copy of your book. Where if they like what they read and see, then they'll post up something on Instagram. To, whether they have 500 followers or 50,000, that's now mm-hmm. a group of people who are going to learn about your book because they're following someone who basically has posted about your book. So my number one tip is that all authors should be engaged on Instagram. Again, there's other platforms. There's Facebook and things of that nature. But the rest of those platforms don't give you direct email access. You know, a person has Mm -hmm. to choose to put that information on their Facebook or on their Twitter account. But with Instagram, once you begin to follow a person, they don't even have to be following you back. Once you are following them, you can send them a direct message. And if they don't already have the email tab on their page, then you can simply just, just email them. But either way, you have direct access to them immediately. And you don't necessarily get that from the rest of um, the other platforms. And like I said, it's an easy way to reach out to a person, pitch your book. You already see that they like books. Um, you know, so if, they, if you, they like what you pitch, they like your cover, and they say, okay, sure, send me a copy. They give you a mailing address and you send a copy. I've done that five times this summer. Well, five times since February I've done that for five different authors. Um, and I have actually uh, two campaigns coming up this month. So it's cost-effective. So, again, for people who are like, oh, you know, I can't afford to travel, Here's the thing. Just get on Instagram this summer and promote your book. You know, just reach out. You can find avid readers. Summer is a time where people have half-day Fridays or either alternative days where they don't work on Fridays or they have, you know, get half a day. So at a certain point, the slowness of the summer, people are going to be able to catch up and just kick back at the pool or the beach, take a road trip, and they're going to read. So a lot of people are waiting for their vacation so that they can have time to read. It's the best time for authors to reach out to them, you know. So, so that would definitely be um, that would definitely be my number one thing because it doesn't cost anything, except mm-hmm. send a book media mail if a person is interested, which is usually three dollars. Um, another thing that I would basically say is attending festivals. I heard the author that was on prior to me. He mentioned about um, 
you know, looking into festivals and, and things of that nature. A lot of the large-scale events um, are usually booked with their featured authors. So mm-hmm. you can still go to those events, but just with a postcard. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm talking cost-effective stuff where $100 at most because you're not buying a table for vending. I don't, I don't believe that authors should necessarily do that if they don't have a big following. Not at these large-scale events like the National Book Club um, conference that takes place, the National Book Festival in Washington, D.C., uh, the Lamert Park Park, uh, Literary Festival taking place in Los Angeles. While vending may be $200 or less, if you don't have a following in that particular city and you know that you're not a great salesperson, um, I don't think that you should vend. But what I do think that you should do is show up with postcards, and those postcards can be designed with a QBR code where a person can just scan from their phone and it can take them to a page where they can buy the book. But mm-hmm. when you show up that way, you need to move around. I don't think that a new author needs to go to summer conferences and events and be stationary at their own table. Again, if you don't have a following, the likelihood of you selling more than 100 books, honestly, even 50 books, is really slim. But if you come with a postcard, that means that you can politic with every vendor as well as more than half of the people that are showing up at the event because you're floating and you're moving around. People go to events mm-hmm. like that all the time. They're gathering postcards and bookmarks and magazines and all type of, you know, different content and paraphernalia that's there, and it's just about you getting on their radar. You can get on their radar with the postcards. If, what if they never come to your table? What if the day is so busy, the kids are hungry? Oh, okay, you know, we're going to leave the festival early. They never even made it over to your way. But mm-hmm. if you float around mm-hmm. and you have a postcard with your information, your cover, your social media, and, of course, obviously your website, mm-hmm. for the cost of whatever it costs to print up 1,000 or 5,000 postcards, you can hit up tons of festivals, music festivals. It doesn't necessarily always have to be books because while there are a lot of book festivals, there's a lot of music festivals, there's hair and fashion and beauty festivals – Summer is festival season. So whether you are going to a Caribbean carnival, you know, in in New York or Miami, or whether you're going to a book festival in Houston, you don't need to necessarily do vending if you are not a nationally known name. You need to print you some postcards for $100 and and become the social butterfly and and work that festival. Because you never know who you're going to meet. You might run into freelance journalists who are there to just cover the festival. And might say, well, what made you come to this festival if you don't even have a table? You know what? Because I'm a new author, I'm just trying to get my feet wet, so I figured it was, it was better for me to come and just get a feel for, for the energy and just to try to meet as many people as I can. And the best way to do that is to kind of just float around. So, Absolutely. again, I think that that's such a great idea. Everybody's always concerned about, oh, I want to be a featured author on the flyer or, oh, I'm going to buy a table. No, I don't, I don't think that that's a good idea because the competition – during the summer is so heavy, and if you don't have a recognizable name, the money that you paid for that table and to get yourself there, you, you always stay in the red. You stay, you'll stay in the red your whole career. And I, so and I've, worked, I've been working with authors for 17 years, and I just don't think it's worth it to buy a table if you don't already have a recognizable name. Mm-hmm. And I want to uh, add um, that um, yeah. going to first, go to events first. Like if you, if you do want to then vend an event, I always tell <clears throat> clients, go to the event first. So Yeah, and check it out. Go you don't know, check it listen, out. Pretty, pretty graphics 
will have everybody feeling like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get there. Listen, they have a good graphic designer, but they only promote it to 50 people. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to go. Only 50 people going to show up. But they got a pretty flyer. Mm-hmm. But you know they they didn't do they didn't do their groundwork, right? So um, you know so that's something that I think um, you know is 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 really important. Another thing is uh, like radio. So you know you guys have your show, and and authors come on, but oftentimes mm-hmm. in the summer, I mean, you know I mean we're in a political climate where it's a little shaky every now and then, but um, summer is usually slow news cycle, so it's mm-hmm. not a lot of heavy heavy news that has to be covered. So summer is usually mm-hmm. a light time where you can actually find radio shows, podcast hosts, and things of that nature who don't necessarily have a heavy schedule. They're actually looking to fill in the blank. So as a publicist, summer is a good time to pitch, like, your local media. It doesn't matter how long your book has been out. If you can make it relevant and tie into summer reading, I tell people to do summer reading. If you have a young adult novel, a children's book novel, talk about summer reading programs. Um, most schools are doing summer reading programs where kids, even though school is out, they get a list of books that they need to read over the course of the summer just to keep them active um, and engaged. So if you can tie your book into like a summer reading program, again, if it's YA or, or children's or even just, just, just summer reading in general, summer reading, beach reads, poolside reads, there's tons of ways to basically promote a book over the summer just to let people know that this book is available because most people are going to be doing some reading over the summer anyway. Um, but I find that pitching your local, go for AM, go for talk radio, go for podcasts, um, go for the online, the satellite radio. The FM dial is really reserved for high profile because people mm-hmm. are paying for that. So if somebody's going to stop the Jay-Z and the Beyonce from playing, Whoever's going to do the talking better be somebody. So, you know, it can't be Joe Schmo from Arkansas who just got his debut self-published book about, you know, a local gang in Oklahoma versus art. Like, no, no, we're not stopping the Beyonce remix for that. So, Unless you're well-connected because it's, it's about right. who you know. It's, it's, about, it's about who you know. But even still, even that, like, you don't want to ruin those relationships by, yeah, okay, it's about who you know. And so, okay, so, Lisa, I know you, and you say, sure, Dora, you could come on. But now you're letting me come on. My content really has to be something that you know your listeners want. Because if not, do you want to compromise your listenership? But then be like, listen, I'm not listening to her show no more. She be having all these crazy people that don't even be saying anything about books and publishing. Why am I listening to her show? The last one she had on was talking about soccer. What? That's not why I listen to her show. I listen to her show for books and authors. Not sports. You know what I mean? So even you may have the mm-hmm. relationship, but, again, people have to come on. They have to rehearse and practice and know what they're going to talk about, have their quick sound bites when a person says, what is your book about? You know, you, you can't stutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and you say, know, you um, I hate that. So, <laughs> yep, um, yep, I hate that. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. That just means that they don't <laughs> want to take, take a break. It's okay to be silent for a second. See? Like that right there. It's okay to be silent for a second. Um just means you're trying to constantly fill the space instead of just taking a breath. You know, and, and it's okay to do that. But, again, I would say the third thing would be looking into your local newspapers. Um, it doesn't have to be the biggest ones. Your local newspapers, radio stations, AM, talk, 
satellite podcast, things of that nature, because often in summer it's a slow news cycle. That would be the fourth thing. So that would be the third thing. The fourth thing is community events. Everyone, no matter what city they live in, knows that there's going to be a local church something happening this summer. There's going to be something big happening at a beach or, or a particular park. Again, those are places where authors need to go. These aren't author events, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be there. And here's the thing. When you are a local talent and you've written a book, it doesn't have to be a New York Times bestseller or anything like that. Those local events are an opportunity for you to shine. That's where you can be a featured guest. You might not be a featured guest, you know, at the L.A. Times Book Festival, but you could be a featured guest, you know, at the, the, the Bedside Alive 10K Festival that takes place in, in Brooklyn, New York, you know, because you're, because you're a Brooklyn author. That's something that you can do. People know you in the neighborhood, and now you're a featured author. You get to get on the mic, talk about your book, read a little excerpt, and then people will come back to, to your table, um, you know, or come up to meet you and, and, and purchase your book. So I feel like if people engage, for authors, if you engage in community events, there's more of a possibility of you being a rock star in a non-book event taking place in your community than it will be for you competing against the larger named authors at the larger book festival. You know, and, and most people don't mm-hmm. want to, most people are going for bigger. Bigger doesn't mean better. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather some be, be a small fish in a small pond and, and navigate that space and have a consistent following than to say that I was, I participated in a really large event and sold five books. You know, it's, it's not worth it. It's, it's just not worth it. Um, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't really benefit you in any way. Yeah, you were there. Well, how many books did you sell? Five. Are you even going to say that? You might be embarrassed to even say you only sold five books. <laughs> so, you know, it's just not, it's not a good idea. So I think authors should really explore going to local community-based events, whether it's concerts, picnics, church events, whatever the case is, because I think that you can be more notable in your community. Um, sorry, I just, I just did that. Um, because, you know, there's no one else um, selling books the way, the way you could at an event that's not really focused on authors. You might be the only author. And then that basically brings the focus to you. You know, so I think that that's important. And then my fifth, and never final, but my fifth idea that I think all authors need to do is take inventory of where you are. So a lot of authors have had books out for three months, six months, sometimes a year, and they're just cranking out these books in a series. Take a minute. We're at the halfway point in the month of June. Take a look at what you've already done. Go back and look at your Amazon reviews. Look at what you put up on your Amazon page to promote your book. You know, have you gotten any additional reviews that you now want to rewrite some of the copy that you have on Amazon? Have you done interviews, video or audio or even online that you can now update links to your website and on your social media? A lot of times everybody's just hustling, hustling. Take a minute and say, you know what, let me see what I've done in these last three months. Let me see what I've done in these last six months before I continue on. Did I learn any new resources that I could use? 
Did I get any press or did I win any awards when now I need to have somebody go in and tweak the graphic of my book because now I've won two awards. I have an author who has won two awards that were announced in the month of May. One of the things that she needs to do is now update the graphics of her cover and include that she is the winner of those awards on the cover. That's going to make a difference to people buying the book. Because there are people who buy books because they see that it's a bestseller somewhere or that the author has won awards. So that's something that she needs to do before we get into the second half of the year. So I tell authors, take inventory of what you've done. So whether you are self-published or if you're with a publisher, take inventory after 90 days, after six months, and see what you've accomplished before you get into the second half of your campaign. Make any updates that you can because, again, it's constantly evolving. Like, there's no one-size-fits-all campaign. There's no promote your book this way and everybody's book will be a success. So you have to constantly tweak and make updates. So I definitely believe that the fifth um, and probably one of the most important in promoting your book this summer is take inventory of what you've already done and, and see where you can make any improvements, any resources that have come to you, lessons that you've learned, resources that other authors have shared with you along the way. And basically look at your plan and put some of those things into practice before you continue to move forward. Because it's so sad when I hear authors have put so much money into promoting their book and, it, and it's still not successful. And it's because a lot of times they weren't willing to tweak their plan or they didn't have a plan at all. So, you know, I would definitely mm-hmm. say take inventory. If your book has already come out, even if it's only been out for a month, what did you learn in that last month that you can now make some changes? Did you get any type of reviews? where now you can go in and update your Amazon page and include some of those reviews in the actual copy. Because when you're self-published, you have control to go into your Amazon page and update your bio and update certain content um, that a publisher, an author that's with a publishing company doesn't have access to. So take inventory. The summer is a good time to take inventory before you get into the second half of the year and continue promoting a book. See what work for you. You know, so those are... Those, those are some of my tips, you know. Don't jump out there and pay a whole bunch of money for vending space. I think postcards and showing up um, is a lot more cost-effective, way more cost-effective. You know, slow now, news cycle, reach out to your local media, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Now I want to ask you, Don, because it, our, that's, this is our really theme for this summer, I want to ask you what made you fall in love with literature. Oh, you know, it's so funny. Whenever I, I, authors get asked that all the time. Um, for me, I like it. I'm not in love with it. I, I don't really know how to articulate. Like, I'm not in love with anything outside of the people that I love. You know, so I'm not in love with anything. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoy working with people who are creative. And I realize the time and dedication and commitment that it takes for a person to write a book from the first page to the last page, whether I think that book is good or not, I respect the commitment that they put into it. So for me, I enjoy working with them to then make that book as much of a success as the market will allow it to be. Working with authors is a different topic. Every author is working on a different topic, different characters, different covers. So I am a person who 
can be easily bored. So working in book publishing and working with authors and writers, I'm never bored because no two projects are ever the same. Even if I'm working with the same author over several books, no two projects are the same. So I like the diversity of, of the content that can be found in the pages of a bound book. So that's honestly like why I continue after 17 years to work with authors. It's the creativity, mm-hmm. it's the diversity, it's the commitment to finish something from beginning to end that I really do, I really respect that. I really respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then I make, I make it fun. You know, I'm going to make anything fun mm-hmm. because I'm fun. This is Tony Dawn. I just want to say, you know, you just kind of wrapped it up. Hi, sweetie. You just kind of wrapped it up in a nutshell. You know, since Leisha and I have been doing this show, um, our level of respect for authors and what they do to put a book in our hands have, have grown exponentially. And I've always loved to read. And like you say, no two authors and no two books are the same, and their approach is not mm-hmm. the same as well. So it's great whether they are seasoned authors or new authors, just to hear the commitment, just the, the dedication. And the time that it takes to complete a book, it's just, you know, it has yeah. to be expected. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know, everybody has other things that they're working on. You know, the last author was talking about how he has, has a new job and so on and so forth. So most authors are not doing this full time. And if they are, they weren't doing it full time when they put their first book out. You know, it, 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 it's mm-hmm. an evolution that, that, that takes place. Um, so for you to continue to do that and just commit to it all is, is just highly mm-hmm. respectable, highly respectable. It is. It really is. And we so appreciate you. We appreciate every time I ask you to come in. You always come in here. You always drop jewels um, that are effective, efficient, um, and things that allow authors to really think. Because really books are a business, and they have to think in aspect. And a lot of times they don't because there's not a lot talk about the business of books. So I love that you come in here and you are always talking about the business of books, whether you come in and drop deals about literary agents or just uh, literary consulting. I mean, you are always just making sure that they know what they know because they know it, and we so appreciate you for that. Oh, thank you so mm-hmm. much, ladies. I, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on um, because you guys are definitely one of the platforms where I can come on and, and talk about the business, you know, most people have guests and the guests are authors, but the authors are really talking about their creative process or, or their characters. But for me, again, because more than 50% of the people who are putting out books on a yearly basis are choosing to self-publish, you want that experience to be as pleasurable as possible. And the only way that's mm-hmm. going to happen is you have to increase your knowledge. Because whatever you don't know is going to cost you. You know, it's going to cost you in time or it's going to cost you in money unless you're well-informed. So I, my seat at the table is just basically to inform people. Whether they take my advice or not, you know, that, that's totally up to them. But you just need someone who doesn't have any, any skin or investment in your particular project to basically share with you some honest truth. And that's what I'm here to do. And, and hopefully it will work out and you'll enjoy your publishing process and, you know, we could all be friends and have a great time. <laughs> I love it. I love Absolutely. it. 
We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us today. We want you to shout out all of your social media, the event that you're attending this weekend, and any um, upcoming book blitzes that you have. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so on Instagram, that's been my favorite play spot these days. I am um, at the literary lobbyist on Instagram, the literary lobbyist on Instagram. And on Facebook, you can follow my page, Dream Relations PR. So that's facebook.com slash dream relations PR. A booklet that I have coming up uh, this month, which takes place June 25th through 27th, is for Side Chick Nation by Aya Delone. She's a Latinx author. She's published with Kensington uh, slash Penguin Random House. She is an African American professor at um, she's an African American studies professor at UC Berkeley. We're really excited about this book. This is the first novel that delves into what happened in Puerto Rico during Hurricane Maria. So, Side Chick Nation, the term Side Chick, basically has double meaning. So, it's going to be really interesting to get people's feedback um, on that. Also, on Instagram, if you are on Instagram and you love books, join in the Read Caribbean hashtag. We have a challenge going on this month where we're basically highlighting and focusing Caribbean authors or books set in the Caribbean. So check out the hashtag Read Caribbean. And this weekend on Saturday at 5 o'clock, I will be at Black Writers Weekend at the, um, oh gosh, what's the, the Auburn Research Library, I believe, is where we're going to be for the Love Is panel. One of my clients, Brianna Cole, she's the author of the the Wives We Play. She will be speaking on a panel called Love Is, and that's basically about the different sorts of relationships within books. Um, and then mm-hmm. following that is the Urban Legend um, event taking place in Atlanta as well. So I'll be in Atlanta, and I'll also be attending the Blavity Conference, the 21 Summit taking place. So if you are in Atlanta this weekend, by all means, hit me up on, on Instagram. Maybe we can link up. Again, follow me on Instagram as the Literary Lobbyist, and Anybody who's an author who's looking for any type of opportunity, they just want to chat, they need help with their book, I do offer speed mentoring sessions. So just connect with me on social media, and we could always set something up. I do 15-minute, 30-minute, and one-hour sessions where you can basically share what problems or questions or concerns you have about promoting your book, and, and I, can give you, um, I can give you my professional opinion and advice, and oftentimes resources to help. So ladies, that's, yeah. That's 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 mm-hmm. what I'm sharing. I'm giving you both a virtual hug and kiss from across the from across Aww. the way. <laughs> we so appreciate you. And right I'm in Atlanta, so I will Saturday try to come out. Um, Saturday is the Black Writers, right? Yes. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And I'll 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 send you an email to um to where the the Love Is panel is taking place, but it's Saturday at, yeah. at five o'clock. Yes, yes, Saturday at five. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, you can go on Black Writers, BlackWritersWeekend.com for people listening. BlackWritersWeekend.com, um, and the schedule is up there. But I personally will be at the Love Is panel, um, supporting uh, author Brianna Cole, who is the author Absolutely. of the Wives We Play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm in New York, so I won't be able to attend. But Lisa, be I'll be in spirit there with Lisa. Well, listen, Tony. I'm gonna to be coming to New York next week, so I need to I need to email you because I'll be in New York on Wednesday. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna email you. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's meet up. 
Okay, I'll DM you on Instagram. I just thought of following you. Absolutely, and that's 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 what's important. That networking Mm -hmm. and the ability to be able to network um, and just get different things going, bring bring people together. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of times authors always say they don't know events and, you know, I don't know what's going on in my area and I don't know this and I don't know that. So being able to share the different things that you're doing to let them know there's stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can tap in to be able to find those things. Um, So we appreciate you, Don, coming to kick it with us today. You know, you are welcome back anytime. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you thank so much, you. ladies. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Okay. Have a great evening. All right, you too. Okay, bye. She's amazing, Leash. I always enjoy, Absolutely. you know, connecting with her. I love when she comes on. Um, and she's always just welcoming, you know. She's welcoming. Mm-hmm. You know, when she tells you to hit her up, y'all, she's not playing. You know, she loves okay. to just pour into people, and that's the best part um, about being in position to do so, being able to pour into people and share what you have to help them grow and build up what they have going on. So we have our next mm-hmm. fabulous guest in the chat room. We met her uh, at the Belgium Library about two weeks ago, and let me tell y'all, mm-hmm. she has a sparkling personality y'all and yes. just her whole packaging she is everything she is everything i Aww. love it i love it welcome welcome <laughs> welcome welcome to the chat room hello hello i'm so glad to be here how are you all we are so good and thank you for joining us like we said we had it's a, it was a joy to meet you a couple of weeks ago oh y'all are phenomenal too Thank you. Rolling rolling good company, that's what. Absolutely. So for all of those who are not aware of your dynamic pen, tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey and your work. Okay. I am Marze Scott. I um, reside in Ypsilanti, Michigan. I started my literary journey with this particular book a few years ago, um, and I don't happen to believe in coincidence, and so a chain of events happened, meeting, not, well, okay, let me back up. I went to high school with Elle Wright. She was a year behind Mm -hmm. me. She invited me to come to um, an online book discussion. She was having a Skype book discussion. So one of the members of that book discussion invited me to uh, meet with her editor, and then, in turn, I met with her editor, who turned my first baby into something phenomenal. Um, Nalena Kai is uh, my editor, and I'm part of a writing tribe called uh, Nalena Kai's Tribe Called Success. And um, that was probably the, the the most pivotal thing that happened as far as my writing journey, me being here. I heard you say something earlier with the last uh, guest that you had that it's about connections. And I had no idea the kind of connections I was going to make by just hanging out with a high school friend for lunch. And so that's kind of how that all came about. Um, I started writing Gemini Gemini Rising uh, 2000. 
15, and it was kind of something for me to, I was using it as a, a creative release. I was, I'm a mom of five. I was married. I'm not anymore. Um, <laughs> and that, and during that kind of tumultuous time I was teaching, I needed a creative outlet. And so mm-hmm. I just, this character came to me. I did like a little Facebook poll, like, when you hear this name, what do you think? And people started throwing stuff at me. And I said, you know what, this would be really cool if I decided to um, write about something that inspired me at the time. And at the time, um, I had just gotten out of school. Like, I graduated U of M 2014 with a, a degree in elementary education. But in 2010, I had started at Washington Community College, and there was a sociology class that I had taken and learned about this uh, young lady uh, by the name of Centoria Brown, who was um, a victim of sex trafficking, and she killed one of her johns. And so she was sentenced to life in prison at 16 years old. And I had kind of a what if. If, what if she hadn't killed the man? What if she had done something different? What if she had someone who held her hand to, to you know, give her a different journey? And that's where my books came about. So. I love book. it. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> so in that whole process, um, mm-hmm. what is – what is something that you learned about yourself um, from going through your divorce to going to school, getting your degree? What, what is starting your book? What did you learn about yourself through that whole process? That I am much bigger than I thought I was. Um, I was in a relationship from the time that I was uh, – 17, 18, I married young, had kids fairly young, and I don't think I had an identity outside of going to, you know, going to take care of the kids, making sure the husband was taken care of, going to church, and um, my last child was a very challenging pregnancy, and even subsequent uh, delivery, I was in the hospital for like eight days after him, um, they, you know, they thought I was going to die behind him. And so I found, I've I've always been a creative person, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, how, what moms do, they, you know, I fully invest in whoever it is that that is around me. And it doesn't matter if you're a friend or family. And because I had my own family, I invested fully myself in them, my heart, my mind, my soul. And so, there wasn't much in the way of creativity. If it was something like, oh, I want to paint the kitchen in a different color, that's how creative I got. And I knew that there was more. And so in going to school, um, it opened up a whole new perspective on myself. Like, I didn't know that I could write as well as I did, even though I have always enjoyed writing. I've been writing since I was in third grade, I remember my first story was about know-it-all Sally and how she lost all of her friends because she knew everything. But um, I felt like that kind of thing ended because I got married and had a family. And so going to school, getting back in my, into my creativity, 
um, there was a part of me that I didn't know I was ignoring so much, and it was actually very much a big part of who it was that I am, if I make any sense saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what I was learning more and more about myself is that, um, you know, I'm I'm just uh, much I was I was much bigger than I would give myself credit for, and not like a big head like but um, just like I shrunk myself so small mm-hmm. so that everyone else could shine, and it yep. was you know that was that was just a thing you know I didn't understand the whole shining myself, and so. It wasn't until after the divorce that people started to say, you look a little different, you sound a little different. I'm like, did I sound sad or no? They just said, no, you, you just, it's something different. And I think it's that, like that spark or that shine or whatever. Um, I just didn't know how much I was actually tamping my whole identity down, you know, for, you know, um, Family. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say mm-hmm. like that in a bad way because it's not. You know, your kids—they're mm-hmm. wonderful, but kids grow up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I have my oldest. My oldest are twins, and uh, when they were seven, they're twenty-four now. They—they um, they said they told me because it used to be at every birthday. Um, I would say, I don't want you to turn five. I like you being four. I don't want you to turn six. I like you being five. They got to seven. They mm-hmm. said, Mom. They said, Mom, really, we do have to grow up. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as as parents, you know, especially moms, you know, we're taught that we are to sacrifice everything for our kids and for our family. And a lot of times we end Mm -hmm. up losing ourselves in other people's worlds. Um, And we're taught that, you know, self-care is, selfish and so a lot of times right. we give we give we give we give until we're just absolutely lost uh in the right. lives of what, others yeah and that's pretty much what happened and um so going to school and doing the writing gave me permission to dream it gave me permission to dream a dream i didn't think that i even had until i started it and i feel like my life is my life was good before i feel like it's amazing now Mm. Absolutely. So, <laughs> tell us about your latest um, book. Um, Gemini Rising. It's my first book, baby. I actually have another ebook that's a little uh, it's released in January. But um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking a lot about Gemini Rising because I think that you know your your favorite. It's almost like your favorite. You're not supposed to have a favorite child, but this one is my favorite child as far as my writing goes. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, so, as I said before, it's, you know, it's inspired by Centoya Brown's, you know, story. Her story was one that was that stuck with me, and it was just um, of all of the um, people that we learned about in school, I just couldn't understand when watching her documentary. She had such a very sad life. You know, she had, you know, and, uh, you know, um, her mom was on drugs, and I guess her dad was nowhere to be found. 
you know, she came from a, a history of depression. So generationally, people, you know, the women, her family were depressed. She was given away, not to a pimp or anything, but to someone who really just wasn't watching her as her own, mm-hmm. you know. And and so she ended up getting into um, a lot of uh I don't want to, how do I want to say it? She basically was abused by people who were supposed to be her quote-unquote family. Um, mm-hmm. She said she listed, I, I was I was floored because in this interview she was saying, and she looked just, just as a matter of fact, she was like, yeah, you know, I think I lost my virginity when I was like 10, and then it was with my cousin, and he was, you know, I just wanted him to, to like me, and then I did, you know, this, and then, when she got done with a list of people that she knew intimately, and then some were a few, only a few were like strangers. Um, it was like thirty people, I think, and you know, both male and female, and you know, and then she got caught up into the the trafficking. And I just, wow. you know, I I I kind of um, pieced apart some some of that and. This, you know, said, what if she had, you know, a different way? And so her mother, her mother wasn't inherently evil, but in the book, um, in, in Gemini Rising, Isis, or Gemini, same girl, um, her mother is just evil because, you know, um, there were some circumstances that happened in her life. She didn't want the child. She didn't want the family that she had. And so she gave her away under one pretense and the person that she gave her away to decided to do something different with her. Mm. And um, so that, you know, and then then this man comes and falls in love with her. She's just like, I can't even do this right now. I don't even understand this dude. I want to be loved, but he can't love me because it could kill us both. You know, the person, the person who is, who has been my guardian since I was 10 years old has, mm-hmm. has that kind of power over me. And I believe if he were to know that this person is interested in me, that it could be his life and my life or his life, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's going to be bad. And so that's how she was kind of thinking throughout the story. And um, the love interest, Zephyr Grace, he was just like, I, you know, there's one part in there where he says, you know, I knew from the time that I met you or the time that I saw you that you were, I was going to marry you. And she was like, man, you're crazy. You know, who says that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So I just, I wanted to give her a happy ending. Now, interestingly enough, the same year that the book comes out, I hear about this young woman, Cynthia Brown, mm-hmm. right. who has um, been uh, her sentence has been um, what's it called? Reduced. Expedited. Expedited. Yeah, it was expedited. Actually, she's supposed oh, to be wow. released. She's supposed to be released from prison in August, and this is after um, some. Uh, it was, you know, I think it was Kim Kardashian went and talked to some lawyers and said that this is ridiculous. She was a child, of, you know, basically pled her case, and she's supposed to be released from prison um, in August of this year, which I thought mm-hmm. was crazy. <laughs> that. I don't know if, that, if that's coincidental. I don't believe in coincidences, but I thought it was so crazy, the timing of this book coming out. And it's 
you know, it's not based on her life. It's just inspired by some of the parts that I, I have learned about her life. And then she's getting released this year. I would love for her to have this book, but um, we'll have to see when, you know, how, what, what, what life is. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, no coincidences. And uh, some way, somehow, I'm sure it's going to land in her hands. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Now, if we were sitting here two years from now, and we were talking about mm-hmm. the things that you have accomplished, what are some of the things we'll be discussing? Two years from now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have accomplished uh, a USA Today bestseller status, New York Times bestseller status, um, that I have um, somehow paid forward what was paid to me as far as helping other authors, um, getting out of debt, that's a goal, um, and very possibly um, relocating. But um, definitely bestseller status. I have national bestseller status with the African American Literature Book Club, which I thought was awesome. I, I'm like, how do you get your first book and you, you get national bestseller status? That never Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was like number seven. I was like number seven. I was in the top ten. I was floored. I'm still floored <laughs> to even say it. It, it seems weird to even say national bestseller market top. You know, um, it's one thing that I don't know. Who does that on their first book? I don't know. You I did, did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it twice. I think it was twice. So there was a the next lifetime that was in an anthology that also went um, was number six, I think, while uh, Gemini Rising was number seven. So I, in effect, hit national bestseller twice in one month through mm-hmm. the African American Literary Book Club, and that I'm telling you that that was some craziness. I'm still I, I tell you I get I get kind of a high whenever I hear it. Because I just don't know where that happened. I don't know where that happened, but it happened to me. It happened for me, and so I get excited just like it happened yesterday. And this was in October and November. So yeah, but um, that's you know. <laughs> hoping you that should I be happy, it. living it, girl. Enjoy it. You know, as absolutely. Much Breathe that's it in. Work to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I'm. I'm telling you, it's. It, I. I cannot, when I say that my life is amazing, and it's not like I've, you know, bought the mansion and I've got the new car driving around, you know, going to these, you know, highlight parties, and but it's, you know, it's a, it's a great um, accomplishment. It's a mm-hmm. great accomplishment. And so one that I, I promise you I never thought I would have experienced even two years ago. I know that mm-hmm. I, 10 years ago, I, it, it, it wasn't even a concept in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, two years from now, debt-free, doing some traveling, hitting a couple of parties, you know, making sure that I bring some other folks along with me who, you know, want to live their dream. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here mm-hmm. on Let's Chat, we like to have a little fun mm-hmm. okay. with our guests. 
um, because we like people to be able to experience them, uh, be, be able to experience their craft and be ex- able to experience um, the passion for what it is that they do. And so what we do is a live excerpt. Uh, T is going to give you one prop. You're going to put it into a scene that's that's already in your book, or you're going to create a new scene, characters of your choice, genre of your choice, direction of your choice. Um, But we just want to, we just want to hear you talk that talk. So I'm ready, Steve. What we got? I'm ready. Mm -hmm, I'm ready. (laughs) The only disclaimer we have. Is that if it's going to be nasty, we ask that you let it be nasty. If not, we just want you to send them to Starbucks for a little conversation and some coffee, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And with that disclaimer, (laughs) but thank you so much for joining us tonight, you know, and uh, we really enjoyed meeting you, and we hope this is the start of a great union between the three of us. But your prop this evening is going to be, I just had it in my head. What am I going to give you? It's going to be some handcuffs. We want you to give us a scene that involves a set of handcuffs. And like we said, keep that disclaimer in the back of your mind. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Let's see here. I, oh, gosh, let's see here. I wouldn't. I, I think that I'm not going to read from. Uh, because you know what? As good as my book may be, that was so very planned and organized. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so not, I'm, so, I'm so not off the cuff with. Uh, gosh, I feel crazy because you think that I'm quick on the draw like that. Um, let's see here. Oh, goodness. Handcuffs, jeez, please. Okay, so there's a scene in Next Lifetime where handcuffs might actually be apropos. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, okay. It's gonna take some reading, but the handcuffs are gonna get in there somewhere. Okay. So there this is a scene where they are uh Jalen and Maurice. They have been separated by drama and life and they're reconnecting um, at a speed dating event. So the handcuffs will come in a little bit later, I think. Okay. So Hey, beautiful, vanilla bass voice, Rita Galen. Maurice, what are you doing here? She asked, looking over her shoulder. Should I be looking for the teacher's band pull-up? Where's Faye? Maurice roared with laughter, causing the next couple, I'm sorry, the couple next to them to snap their attention in their direction. Soon, silence and glassy eyes replaced the laughter. What's wrong? Galen asked, resisting the urge to reach for his hand. I was certain that I wouldn't see anyone that I'd have to talk about this, but here you are. About what? She asked. Dalen waited for Maurice for Maurice's response. Remember I told you that Faye had been ordered on bed rest? I recall Dalen affirmed, sensing good news was not forthcoming. 
will say had preeclampsia. Um, the doctor said my son had died a day or so before we get to the hospital. After doing all that, they could do to save her. She gave up her will to live, what the doctor said. Galen tried to keep her jaw from going flat during the news. I'm so sorry, she said. All Faith talked about was having a child. Maurice nodded. It's been almost a year and I'm doing better, he said. His lips turning up into a feeble grin. God knows best, right? That's what I'm told, she whispered, delighting in the awesome sight of him. Her smile putting a sparkle back in his eyes. The two gazed into each other's eyes while the chatter from the other pairs and music surrounded them. Maurice reached for Dalen's hand, his son caressing hers. So what have you been doing since last time we talked? Maurice asked, asked, but she barely heard him. His tender touch sent a delicious chill up her spine. I took a few online classes a few months ago, studying fashion design, doing a lot of sketching and upcycling different clothes, she said with excitement. I really want to put together a fashion show, but I haven't found all of the models I need. You know, I want to use all body types, you know. I can understand that, Maurice said, leveling, leveling a heated gaze. What about you? What have you been up to? Aileen raised her manicured fingers with Maurice's surprise at the heat that rushed through her body. I spent some time wrapping my mind around my loss, he confessed. Then I went back to work, bought a new house, sold the old one. Sometimes I'd chill at the club, hoping to find someone looking for the same I'm looking for, same thing I'm looking for. All the women that I knew didn't know that the Buckeyes are my, the best team in life. Daylin roared with laughter at the familiar football rival big. Perhaps if you told the truth and admitted the Wolverines were the best team, you would have found someone by now, she teased, and she shrugged, grasping his hand a little tighter. Dalen had forgotten how comforting Maurice's touch was, and now, more than anything, she didn't want to let it go. I really missed you, Dalen, Maurice whispered. Missed how we could talk about anything. I really missed you at the OSU and U of M tailgate when Ohio beat Michigan by seven points. Here you go again. Where'd you go after you left town? Maurice asked, focusing on Dalen's lips. Life has been really hard without you. Dalen knew an explanation was in order, but silence fell between them for the first time since the start of their conversation. She searched those piercing gray eyes down to the full lips, his sculptured jawline, and back to his heated gaze. Their time limit had come to an end, and she had no desire to move on. Excuse me, my man, the tenor voice asserted. I believe you t- it's my turn to sit. Uh-oh, sorry. To have a moment with this beautiful queen. You're interrupting my date, Maurice countered. There's another, another beautiful queen waiting for you to take this empty seat in front of her. While you were standing here, you wasted two minutes of her life that she can't get back. Dalen and Maurice snickered, scanning the crowded space. There's a question on the table. He said, searching her face. Where'd you go after you maxed out a brother's credit card? And look, I'm getting, I'm taking a long time giving you uh, handcuffs. I'm getting there. <laughs> I did no such thing. Dalen snapped, giggling. Um, come on, Dalen. I needed my friends. And she left town with no forwarding address, no phone call, nothing. I spent my life trying to please and accommodate a man that was never going to be happy. That life ended. I knew I had to a new lifetime to begin, and there you were. You were always my friend, and then I realized I wanted my friend all to myself. Jalen lifted her gaze to meet Maurice's, this smoldering gaze, causing her heartbeat to quicken. You and Faye were happy with the baby on the way. As I was happy for the two of you, I couldn't stay. I wanted you in my next lifetime, and I couldn't have you. Maurice, Maurice listened, 
still caressing Dalen's hand, not knowing how to respond. He loves Faye and never imagined life without her. But every casual Friday at the job, Dalen wore one of those many pair of fitted blue jeans that caused his gaze to linger and his imagination to roam. Potential partners who wanted a chance to impress Dalen threw their hands in the air, motioning to one of the hosts of the event to come and address Maurice's transgression. Excuse me, the host snaps. You need to move right now before I call security. Well, are you ready? Maurice asks. Let's get out of here, he whispered. I've already made my choice. Dalen's feet left the ground as she wrapped her legs around Maurice's waist, flipping her tongue past his full lips. She tasted the Hennessy he sipped from that evening. Maurice took in the scent of her perfume as he laid Dalen across the Peel satin jacket comforter that covered the sumptuous king size bed. Floor to ceiling charcoal silk panels hung against the hand painted heather gray and slate striped walls that served as a backdrop for the large Picasso style painting. Um, mirrored bedside tables flanked either side of the black velour tufted headboard that donned several fluffy pillows of varying hues of green. I've missed my friend. Uh, Maurice confessed as he joined her on the bed. He delivered a kiss to Dalen's supple lips. I want to explore something more with you. I'd love that, Dalen concurred. Maurice stood at the foot of the bed and took in the beautiful sight that was Dalen, even fully clothed, placing a heated hand on her luscious thighs. He caressed her skin while planting butterfly kisses, lifting the hem of her dress. A devilish grin spread over Maurice's face, pleased with her choice of scarlet red lace panties. May I have the honor? Not yet, Dalen said, biting her bottom lip. She shifted her position to her knees and unbuttoned Maurice's shirt, exposing a chest that only God himself could have carved, slipping her purple polished fingertips under the crisp fabric. Dalen removed his shirt and... Um, <laughs> produce a set of handcuffs. Damn. <laughs> Maurice leaned in and crushed Dalen's lips under her dress and cupped his hot hands under her round ass. Mm-mm, not yet. Dalen put the cuffs around Maurice's ribs. Maurice moaned as Dalen nipped his earlobe. His eyes closed as he enjoyed the sound of her breath against him. Dalen swatted a loose. Sorry. <laughs> this is funny. Be <laughs> rolling. Yeah, I'll try to tell you. Ladies. Oh, goodness. Okay, you're talking too much. Dalen Warren rising out of the, out of the bed to her feet. Maurice, Maurice tries to get out of the handcuffs. No, no, no. How shall I keep you quiet? Dalen inquires. Maurice closes his eyes as she, uh-oh. Did we say something about Starbucks? Huh? <laughs> Did we take them out Starbucks? Um, Honey, they done already put the cuffs on. It's too late for them to go to Starbucks now. <laughs> oh, okay. 
saying? He, he kept it and she nibbling and he handcuffed. I mean, Starbucks <laughs> is just out of the question now. I mean, oh, what y'all oh. going to do? That was awkward. She said she didn't keep him quiet. So she pulled off the lace from her side and <laughs> this is this is y'all. Um, okay, so this is what we're going to do because, you know, you will have another book and we're going to have you back on. We do this all the time. So next time we're going to give you three props and we we ready. We're going to be ready. Three? Okay. Look, I have to We gave you one this time because this is something new. Uh, and it's something that, you know, a lot of authors aren't comfortable with doing because they're like, oh, wow, really? On the spot? You know, but. I, but you know what? Because I'm going to get there because you told me now. Now I'm going to expect it from everybody. And so I'm going to be ready. Because you know what? <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. It's going to be good. And we know they ain't going to have to go to Starbucks because you're going to be like, mm-mm. They ain't, uh-uh. We ain't going to Starbucks today. I'm like I know we on I know we on grown people radio, but I'm not. Can I say that she took her drugs and put them with you know to keep in class? And so yes, you know, I was like, oh Lord, you can say anything you <laughs> want. We're on internet radio. You can say whatever you want. Now I know the rules, and now you know I I, I know how to play by the rules. That I'm gonna have two props next time. <laughs> we gonna be ready. Gonna we gonna be ready. ready. Y'all are great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. We want you to shout out all of your social media where everybody can get uh, your books and any events you have coming up. Okay. I um, plan to be at the Book uh, Solanti um, event in Ypsilanti. I believe it's the first weekend in July, Saturday at the Freight House. I will be at um, the Cavalcade of Authors in Chicago, which is the last weekend in September. Um, that is hosted by my tribe leader, um, Lane Kai. Um, and it is a phenomenal event uh, where she has a slew of authors um, come meet readers. But it's, very, it's a very intimate event. And so, I mean, maybe you all can come and hang out. The um, information of Cavalcade of Authors is on Facebook. Um, I believe cavalcadeofauthors.com um, you can find me on Facebook under Marze Scott you can find me on Instagram under Marze Fab I think it's Marze underscore Fab Twitter Marze Fab all one word um, I'm on Pinterest under Marze Scott I would direct you to Tumblr but you know they're doing weird things with my account <laughs> Tumblr is special um, I'm, I'm trying to figure <laughs> all that out there you know, I'm I'm getting the the you know. Hi, my name is Jill. Would you like to hang out? And I don't want to hang out with Jill because Jill is doing things that I don't want to do with Jill. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are the places that you can find me. Um, and I'm always on Facebook. Like they hand me a paycheck. You know, I, I I'm on page. You know, that's I spend my time socializing uh, a lot on. Facebook and Instagram a lot. So anybody who wants to come and hang out, I'm all about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you invited me. It's been fun. And look, I, I say, I'm going to be ready the next time. I promise you I'm going to be ready. <laughs> ready. We know you, you are. 
<laughs> that excerpt that excerpt excerpt was actually read from Next Lifetime. And that that book is on Amazon. And so you can find Gemini Rising and Next Lifetime on Amazon. Um Next mm-hmm. Lifetime is only on Kindle. And you can read it for free if you have Kindle Unlimited or it's ninety nine cents. So um if you don't feel like spending the money on Gemini Rising, you say, Oh, let me get a taste of what it is that Marseille can do, there's ninety nine cents there for you. You know, it's a quick read. You can read them by the hour. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. You are welcome back anytime. We so welcome you. We thank you for coming in, and you are welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you so very much. I look forward to the next time we can hang out. Absolutely. (laughs) You enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay, you too. Thank you. All right. Good night. Okay, Okay, good night. What a night, Leash. We had a great, great show tonight. Yes, we did. We have some fabulous authors. If you're just tuning in and you've missed any of our interviews, no worries. Just head over to our archives here on blogtalk.com as well as on iTunes. Uh, you can also check out our special edition, uh, Mind, Body, and Soul show that we do on Spreaker Radio. You can check out those replays on um, Spotify. So we appreciate everybody that always listens to our shows. Y'all got the replays jumping. We appreciate y'all. And we will see y'all on tomorrow. Tomorrow we have uh, author Natisha Raynor, author Ingrid Brown, and and author and uh, entrepreneur, the fabulous, uh, Samantha Jacks is going to be on to talk about her eyelash line and her lipstick line. So we're excited to have all of them in the chat room. Then on Friday, y'all, y'all know we always have to have these moments. And it really should be a mind, body, and soul. I just didn't have time mm-hmm. to set up the speaker radio. But we're going to be talking about the why effect. Uh, we're going to have uh, Sharon, Sharon Griffin back on, author Sharon Griffin, author Cotton Campbell, as well as um, therapist Nika Owens, because we're going to talk about the why. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about divorce. We're going to talk about separation, relationships, all of that good stuff. Uh, and we're going to wrap it on up. Today we will see y'all on tomorrow, and we out. Good night, everybody. Baby, show me how you sexy whining, yeah, yeah.